0: Oh, the ending of that song, Shola Amar, I Still Believe in Love. It was released in the year 1999, and that was my first year of high school. And I remember how, you know, we thought we were big girls and we were cool and would be, you know, out there in the courtyard at school thinking, yeah, ne Shola amar, this is us. We believe in love. That time, we don't even know what love is. So, um, yeah, A T was welcome to it. We are in the closet. Late Night Conversations, Monday to Thursday, 10pm till midnight. This part of the program is not suitable for sensitive listeners and for anyone under the age of 18. Note that the views expressed on this show are not that of the station or the presenter. Closet Conversations Welcome to The Closet Conversations, and our guest is Dr. Miriam Khan. Dr. Miriam Khan is a registered natural medicine doctor with a master's degree, focusing on sexual and reproductive health and rights and its intersections with gender and religion. Today we are talking, what do you wish you knew about sex and intimacy before you were sexually active and now that you are sexually active and now that you know better or you know different, how has that changed you? We love to hear from you. Please, as an A teamer, call in. Let us know. Zero one one seven one four two double zero six is the number to dial or WhatsApp zero six one four one zero four one zero seven. SMS go to four one three nine one. Good evening, Doctor Khan. Hi, Patricia. So wonderful to hear you again. Listen, I'm so excited that I'm speaking to you. I have missed you so dearly. And I know you're busy. And I know you need some rest. But please don't stay away from the radio so long. It's
1: lovely to be back. And yes, I have been busy. And um, I did an exam today, and it was wonderful. I almost thought I deserved the rest, but I thought I'll celebrate and do a show.
0: Yeah. Congratulations on a good exam. Clearly, the results are going to come out uh, excellent. I, I believe so. So we're talking about the things that uh, we we wish we knew before we went sexually active, right? And I know the A-teamers are going to come in. I want to hear from them. But I think it's only fair that we open up and I talk about the one thing I wish I knew. The one thing I wish. I wish someone actually told me that breaking your virginity is painful. There is nothing exciting about it. Like the physical pain. (laughs) Even when I think of it now. I'm just like, I'm a grown woman, I've had children, I've got three children, I have had natural birth as a matter of fact, but every time I think about breaking of virginity, it's like I can run away,
1: <laughs> the, physical I'm to share that. the physical pain, the physical pain. You know, this is exactly the reason we're having this, this show today, this particular topic. So I'm one of those people who is open to learning from other people's um, mistakes, um, or, you know, not so good experiences. And there are, of course, people who would still, even after hearing other people's um, bad experiences, would still rather make the mistake themselves, fall down themselves, and learn the hard way. But I think that if you can avoid that pain, um, and no pun on your pain, but if you can avoid that pain and discomfort and harm or hurt in any way, then that's excellent. So one of the reasons, Patricia, and I'm going to go into, straight into your particular um, experience. One of the reasons women find experience a lot of pain the very first time is because they're not ready. What do you mean,
0: not ready? Because, you know, I, I was, not, not, I was not... Wait, let me explain to you, okay? Because I want you to be very specific to my particular experience. Sure. I was not a teenager. I was engaged and... I knew about sex. I knew there was sex in high school. Other girls were having sex. I wasn't. So I was past high school. I was now in my adulthood and here I am, you know, I love this person. We engaged and now we're like, ah, I see you answer this thing, you know, let's get it on. And I'm feeling my heart pounding. I'm enjoying the kissing. But when the actual deed has to be done, ha, Dr. Khan. So which ready are you talking about? Cause I felt as if I was ready. Even my yeah. body felt yeah. as if it was ready. <laughs>
1: Okay, so usually it's the body not physiologically ready, uh-huh. right? So then, not moist enough, the partner not being gentle enough, not enough foreplay, so the body is not ready. Um, you know, the body responds a certain way when it is a certain amount of aroused, and usually when that's not there, then it could just be that there's resistance, and the resistance could be psychological as well, so fear. Just because you love someone or you care for someone doesn't mean you don't have separate fears about whether this is going to be painful, and that could come from other people sharing their experiences with you. For example, my daughter, when they were in primary school and they had um, a nurse group come into school talking about sex ed and menstruation, a particular teacher, that particular nurse, you know, mentioned how painful sex is. And she went on so much that my girlfriend came home and she said, Mom, I think she's probably traumatized about (laughs) her first experience because she just couldn't stop talking about how painful it was. But you know what? What resulted from that is one of the other kids who had obviously been exposed to some kind of TV that had intimacy teens, and she said, oh, my God, so that's what they scream for. This is a they're screaming on TV. And, and, you know, then this group of 11 and 12-year-old girls saying, but why do people, you know, why are they so excited about sex if it's so painful? And these messages, you know, we can internalize them in at some level, and that can impact our own experience as well.
0: So then, I mean, I've got a daughter. She's too young for me to be uh, speaking about breaking virginity. She wouldn't even understand the term. But how do I conscientize her for the time where she is ready, old enough, and that she mustn't, if I had psychological fear, and obviously my body clearly tensed up, although I thought I was ready to get it on, um, how can I conscientize her to not have the same fears and anxieties that I've had? And how can we make first-time sex not painful?
1: So it depends on how you're framing it in terms of when Is it okay for her to have sex? Or her sexual debut, when is it okay? So is it okay in or out of a marriage? Does she need to be married? Does you have religious you know, understandings about sex and whether it needs to be in marriage? Um, and then whether she feels safe with the person, for her to understand that her experience has nothing to do with yours or anyone else's experience, and that she must be 100% sure that she wants to do this, not feeling pressured at any level, and that at any time she can back out and she can say no. And I think when you have these tools, you kind of feel empowered in the sense that you know um, that, you know, if you're in the situation, you really want to be there. You're not being coerced for any reason. It's not peer pressure. It's not someone saying, but if you love me, you know, um, you'll do this. Or this is the next, next step. We've done everything else. It's just this next. So why not, you know, do this? That's not, never a good enough reason to have sex. And then, you know, she you understand that. And, and the most important thing is that when you understand that you can say no in the middle of anything, I think that makes your body already feel like ease because you feel comfortable, you feel safe physically and emotionally, mentally, psychologically safe. And when you feel safe, the the comfort level of the body is completely different. So if you can explain those things to her, and if you can explain to her that, for me, when I tell my daughter, and she's 16, and when we talk about these things, I tell her sex is a beautiful thing, you know? Um, And so I frame it like that. She might or might not be irresponsible or receptive to my ideas right now, but, you know, this is what, this is the language I teach her.
2: Mm. And
1: and because we come from a very religious home, so I say, you know, I say to her, it's beautiful when it's in marriage, you know, um, there's less, there's a lot of guilt and shame around sex, but if you are grounded in, in religion, you know, you, you, you tell, you tend to be wanting to please God, right? And so part of that, if you're teaching your child within religion, then part of that would be, um, you know, that's something you wait for, that you wait for marriage, or you wait for this, you know, that it's more special with that person. Unfortunately, we know not everyone's marriages turn out the same, and not everyone has a wonderful first experience, even if it's in marriage, for several reasons. But, you know, depending on how you're raising your child, this is how you phrase frame it. So that they understand that it's a beautiful thing and it's even more special if it's for someone who cares about them as much as they care about the other person. It shouldn't be a goal that you set if it's on the bucket list and, okay, I've done this. It shouldn't be something that, um, you know, I'm 19 now, so I need to be doing this. Or, um, you know, we've been dating for four years, we should be doing this. Or we're about to get married, we're going to propose and we should be doing this. It should be because you both want to. Neither of you should feel pressured, and you should feel safe and comfortable in that space, safe enough to know that if you stop at any point, there won't be any negative repercussions.
0: A-teamers, we are talking, what do you wish you knew about sex and intimacy before you were sexually active? I've shared my, uh, what is it I wanted to know? Um, I wish someone had taken me through the conversation that Dr. Khan is um, giving me right now um, around sex and your first time. Because it's always so icky, right? It's always like, I don't know what to do. Am I doing the right thing? Especially when you're a bit older and that's when you're starting it (laughs) and you, you just keep questioning yourself. So that was my question. What's your question? what is the thing that you wanted to know about sex and now that you know it uh, you know how different are you has it changed your perspective please do call in on 011-714-2006 or WhatsApp zero six one four one zero four one zero seven. SMS 107 go to 41391 Dr. Khan you mm-hmm. know for, for can my, I just
1: yeah. add more go ahead okay <laughs> I'm not done with that and I think it's important for young listeners to know this as well so you know, if you're not ready, if you haven't yet spoken about STDs, then you're not ready. If you haven't spoken about um, contraception, you're not ready. So if you haven't spoken about protection, you're not ready. Mm. The relationship is not ready. Mm. You know, if you haven't asked each other if there is a sexual tra- sexually transmitted disease history and how will you be protected or how will you be at risk, then you're not ready. Because we know, a lot of us know the information, but we, not, we don't have that agency yet. We don't have that voice, that capacity to, and we don't have the confidence to actually ask those questions in the relationship. And if we don't, then we're not ready. Another thing is that intimacy and the sexual act can be messy, and if you're uncomfortable with your body, with body fluids, with all of those things, you're not ready. You're not ready.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know, Dr. Khan, what you're raising now is not only for the young people, even older people, even people my age and even older, don't actually go into these conversations around STIs and uh, um, family planning and, um, you know, the messiness or the messy nature of sex. So how would you advise us now that we are sexually active to have that conversation? Because you'll find two adults who've who are about to get into a sexual relationship. They've been intimate. But these adults are not open to each other. They, they don't ask the questions. They don't tell each other their HIV status or their um, STI history or, you know, I'm a squirter. So, look, we need to have raincoats everywhere because it goes very wet and wild. And afterwards, the guy gets a shock because he's never seen someone squirting. So how do we have these conversations before we get intimate as adults?
1: But personally, I feel that if you're not going to, uh, if someone's not going to be able to disclose and be transparent at some level about whether you should or should not care about an STI or STD, you shouldn't be having sex at all. Because we know that you can also get an STD from oral sex, so even oral sex has to be protected. At some point, one person at least is going to have to be the responsible one and raise the topic. You know, and of course, you don't want to be confrontational when you do it. It has to be, you know, in the right... So you'll pick the right moment, but hopefully that moment will come before it's the actual, you know, you're in the act of being intimate. So it will be in the stage before that. And I know it's it's difficult because when you're dating or when you're in a relationship, you can't preempt how quick the relationship will progress related to no progress at all. And sometimes, you know, the media portrays this kind of image, because we watch movies and everything looks so spontaneous. Like you just meet someone, or just see someone cross the road, and the next thing you know, they're kicking their faces off, and then they're in bed, and no one shows you a condom in the movie scene, and no one asks, you know, you how know, are you using protection? And most of the protection we think about is, is, is pregnancy or unwanted pregnancy But no one's talking about HIV or STIs. So, personally, if you think it's a sore point, then maybe that's not a relationship you need to be in. Now, these are very important things because it's not just your, it's your body, it's your health, it's your future. It's the future, it's the body, it's the... It's the the health and wellness of the family, your immediate family. So if you have dependents, you know, it's their futures as well.
0: Yeah, very true. So be open and honest about uh, your uh, sexual histories and so on and so forth. What, what are some of the things that you get as questions from uh, your uh, patients? I mean, that they say, I wish I knew this before getting sexually active. So, well,
1: some of the questions in terms of... Um, Sorry, can you please repeat that for me?
0: The questions that you get from your uh, patients around six.
1: so you know, people will ask things like the very first thing you mentioned, your own experience about whether it's painful or not. People will ask, and, and I'm the wrong person to ask about that, because I will tell you it's not painful, it's like a paper cut, that kind of thing. You know, and everyone's experience will be different, so everyone depending on your pain threshold, it will give you a different experience. So it's similar to child, but someone's going tell you it's a walk in the park, and then someone can tell you it's Jurassic Park. So, uh, you know, it depends on who you're speaking with. So if people ask, they'll generally ask you those kind of questions, like the pain level. Um, they'll ask if there's blood, do they have to bleed or not, how much of blood is there, and how messy does it get, um, then they will ask things like how long it lasts. Um, they'll ask, you know, I've had students uh, consult with me regarding sex. So some students would have just engaged in sex and then have queries about whether they could possibly fall pregnant because of a delayed period. So they'll ask, you know, is it possible that I'm pregnant and all we've done is sex? So we address that kind of question um, and a whole lot of things. People want to ask things about their bodies, like, are vulvas different? Is it okay if it looks different? Is it okay if the labia is shaped differently you or know, the size of the length of the labia is different? Is it okay if there's a different shading of the skin? People ask a wide variety of questions.
0: Mm, mm. well um, just an analogy for me that Jurassic Park I think it's one of those that I'm going to. I mean the aftermath uh, the throb in the vagina for such a long time I, 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 at least childbirth I had a child to show for it, this one there was nothing to show for it <laughs> oh, except, except the fact that I thought now yeah, I'm officially a woman. I'm no longer a child. <laughs> but, yeah, that that's it. So let's go to some of our A-teamers. I see there are some on the line. Um, Winida, if I'm not making a mistake with the pronunciation. A-teamer Winida, good evening. Hello? Winda, Winda. Okay, good evening, Winda. Winda. Good evening. Okay. Hello? Yes, Winda, we can hear you.
3: Yeah, your line is very, very bad. I can hardly get what you
0: say. I think it's your line, Winda. We even hear the echo at the back. I'm taking you back to Ben. Let's try and fix your line. We'll come back to Winda. Yeah. Um, Ateema here says, good evening. I just want to know, I never use a condom in my life. I never had an STI. I've never had AIDS. But, in my very, uh, but I'm very active. I have nine kids. That is how I know. Um, when I have sex with someone, the chances that the lady can fall pregnant is 9 out of 10. Is it a good thing or a bad thing? Doc?
1: I don't know. What is his bank balance saying? I beg your pardon? What is his bank balance saying? (laughs) Is it a good thing or a bad thing? Well,
0: yeah. Uh, Bank balance and... That would
1: be the only question really I'm asking. And, And then one more thing is, coming to the STI, it is possible to have an STI and not know, and not have symptoms. Um, so, you know, you wouldn't know really unless you've been entirely monogamous, and that person as well, if you could be carrying an STI and not know, and we all know, for example, HPV, doesn't really reflect that much in terms of the, the, the strains that particularly cause cervical cancer. You know, men don't necessarily show signs of symptoms of HPV, but they could be silent carriers of it and pass it on to their partners. And there isn't a test for men that says that they are HPV positive. So I don't know about, I hope you don't have an STI, but um, there isn't a sure way to tell, especially with HPV.
0: Look, for me, all I have to say is, yeah, Atima, you like playing Russian roulette with your life. Uh, as long as you are comfortable with that, it's your choice. Let me go back to the line. Winda, let's try this one more yes, time. Mom. Hello? Yes, we can hear
3: you. Go ahead. Yeah, Patricia, my sister, God bless you. Huh?
0: Amen. Thank you.
3: And God bless your guest. I can tell that both of you have got a biblical foundation Congratulations, first of all, to hear that you've kept your virginity until. That's a very, very important thing. I wish all the churches, the pastors, could teach young girls that in Israel, when a young girl loses her virginity, they were killing her. How? Can you imagine
0: how many
3: killings could be? Hello.
0: Breaking of a virginity is equated to killing. What do you mean? Please, elaborate.
3: Yeah, in in Israel, when a child loses has sex before marriage, they were killing, lapidating her. Mm-hmm. According to the Bible, can you imagine how many killings could we have had here in Africa because of the television, movies, mm-hmm. where, what you're getting from overseas, the foolishness from overseas, which our ancestors never went for. To be short, ma'am. Really, I owe you a big gift. I won't tell you what it is to encourage other girls to keep their virginity and the veil is lifted in church. Right. I personally refused to attend my own second daughter's wedding because she made the mistake of allowing her fiance, not a boyfriend, because I taught her about virginity, everything from kissing to orgasm. I the father taught her and she was 25 when she got married. but so she made the mistake of giving in to the pressure of the, the, the fiancée, and they had sex before the pastor allowed them to do so. So I refused to attend a wedding to teach others a lesson. I, and uh, I appreciate the topic, and please encourage pastors uh, to teach more about such matters, and our daughters to keep their virginity, because there's no God there's you no know, dog, there's no cow that, is, that knows about virginity. It's a virtue that God gives to only human beings. So one loses her virginity, she becomes more like something, not really a woman, leave it alone a lady. Mm. God bless you, Patricia. Keep it up,
0: Mom. W- Winda, uh, tell me something. You, you keep talking about virginity and, and uh, women and girls. What about the men? What's the responsibility from yeah, your biblical teacher We them, uh, to keep their chastity.
3: We call it mm. chastity. You know, I'm struggling with English. I speak French. <laughs> but you're speaking very
0: well. We hear yes. you. Mm-hmm. Yes. Sorry? You are speaking very well. We hear and understand you.
3: I appreciate I appreciate it, ma'am. Thanks. A, a girl, a boy, parents, mother, father, we have to teach our children to wait, wait. I was always telling my daughters, don't ever eat from a boiling pot. You're going to burn your tongue. It meant don't have sex before marriage because you can end up with children and uh, you don't even know who the father is. Don't have sex before marriage. To rush for the grant. What foolishness is this of, Saying 400 to a child and then children are having their i mean children are having children all because of 400 rent. the money that can be spent at kfc in one day now the government encourages young children to have sex before marriage to become producers of babies then so there are two babies this is the foolishness from the second comments all over the world i'm not going to say about that i think especially south africa well, We have to pray hard.
0: Mm. Winda, thank you so very much. Merci beaucoup uh, for speaking to us. And uh, I'll be waiting for that gift, okay?
3: God bless you, mom. God bless
0: you. Merci, merci. Uh, Dr. Khan, weigh in. Weigh in, please, on what Winda has just said.
1: I was only able to get bits and pieces because the line wasn't so clear. But what I gauged from there was, you know, I love your question in terms of asking about the man's responsibility, um, and with regard to sex before marriage and, and its connection with religion and sinning. If I'm not mistaken, that's a bit of the conversation was regarding that. Um, and I think that as parents, we have to understand. If you're a parent, and so am I, and you know things happen that sometimes people don't necessarily have full control of old well, they're not, in, in, you know, kids are not exactly in the right frame of mind when they're in those situations, and because of certain insecurities or vulnerabilities, I'd like for more parents to be more compassionate and more merciful, because that's exactly how I see God to be. So, you know, I, I do believe there's room for repenting, if that's the correct way of it, wording it, but yes, I do believe that there's room for repentance, and that if people feel, you know, they have changed their minds and they repent and they feel like, okay, or or even if they, you know, make peace with whatever happened in their past and now they move on from that situation and they change and evolve and become different people and have different ideas or understandings of however they behave. I think as parents, it's so important for us to understand our own role and our role in that relationship, parent-child relationship. And to nurture and to support the child that we have and not the child that we expected to have or we wanted to have or wished to have. So if your child made a mistake, um, I would love to hear more parents being more compassionate and more merciful and forgiving of their children and guiding their children forward from that point You know, so we give children a second chance, and yes, sometimes even a third chance. But you know, there's always a risk of the child going down a more riskier slope by you turning uh, turning away from that child. You know, so that's one point. And then with regard to young children giving birth to children, I think we've heard, and a lot of us uh, have read the news and the stats regarding the number of Young girls in Hawaii who have given birth over the last one year period. I think it was 20 something thousand girls.
0: Mm, about 24,000,
1: yeah. And, you know, if you look at that number and if you look at the age group, who are the men or the boys of the male partners making these girls pregnant? Almost always it's adult men. And we can't be blaming children and Raising the topic or the issue of the 400 run or the 385 run or whatever the subsidy the government is giving. It's not always that. I wish it were so black and white, but it isn't.
0: Let's go to ATM Anonymous. Good evening, Anonymous.
4: Good evening. Sorry I had to come back the second time. story is interesting. I just want to say, uh, first I want to ask if uh, Sister Mariam, Is uh, Dr. Mariam, is she, used to be on Radio Al-Ansar and Annur, the, the TV program Annur. I don't know if she's the That's same correct. Mariam, who had lots of brothers and she's the only daughter. I, I don't know if she's the same person though. Uh, I, but I want to ask a question. Doc, okay, wait, allow
0: her to answer anonymous. Doc, okay. are you the same Miriam?
1: Same Miriam. two brothers and I'm the only daughter.
4: Seven brothers. Two brothers, Anonymous. Oh, two brothers and she's only daughter. Okay, she used to be an, an Anonymous yeah, yeah. radio Okay, thanks. Uh, because I used to listen to her on radio on the side. Uh But uh, oh, not you. this type of topic, yeah? <laughs> not this topic. <laughs> but, I <just> to <laughs> but I just want to ask a question. You know, men uh, are so overused so when they get married or, you know, from very young, they're practicing um, activities, intimate activities. And so when they they get older, sometimes they are like a bunch of, you know, after getting married and after having so many children, some of them still looking for a virgin when they are like a bunch of tired. So <laughs> Like I, a bunch of tyre, oh Like anonymous. bunch of tyre. I'm so happy that you you sound so well today. Yesterday, Patricia, you were crying. That that's why I asked you what's the sad news because on this side of the phone, it sounded you were crying. And I was so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, you, Patricia, uh, you know, and that's why I was asking what was said. News, I thought something really happened, drastic, uh, something bad happened. But nevertheless, you know, uh, people must go for pre-marital um, uh, 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 sessions before they get married, so they get to understand what marriage is all about, whether they they want to accept it or not. Because if you look at Angie Mofeka's uh, 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 story about uh, four hundred children, some under eighteen and some under twelve that got children in school, are pregnant in school. So they all are not virgins. So, doctor, the, doctor, so the pastor Winder is correct in saying that it's better to be a virgin when you get married. You know? All right. Thanks, Anonymous. Thank you so very much. Before time. Mm.
0: Thank you. Thank you. You You know, Dr. Khan, uh, uh, Anonymous has just made me laugh saying, Why is it that (laughs) men who are like flat tires, they've been all around when they get married, they want a virgin? Where will they find them? Because they're the ones who are doing it with the ladies. Sure, yeah, that Absolutely. one made me laugh. Can can I go through some of the messages here? This one is uh, from an anonymous who says, Hi, Pat, can you please ask uh, the doctor, your guest, can HIV be transmitted through oral sex?
1: Absolutely. Okay.
0: bodily fluids. All right, simple as that. This one says, uh, and it's from Farai, says, The only thing I sort of wish I and my then-girlfriend had known when we started Unprotected Sex is that semen sometimes comes out of the vagina after sex, the so-called flowback. I got so worried, thinking my wife-to-be would not be able to get pregnant. Oh,
1: yes. That's something a lot of people think about. And they fear that, oh, man... You know, yes, semen will snow out. It makes absolute sense because of the pH of the vaginal canal. And, you know, so it does liquefy the semen and it will come out. But the strong swimmers that need to do the job are still busy swimming and they're busy, you know, doing their breaststroke and their butterfly stroke and every stroke possible to get to that egg. So that should not be a concern. What could be a concern would be, whether, you know, there are other reasons why uh, a woman might not fall pregnant or if there's problems with the sperm itself, so with the motility or the integrity of the sperm or the count, you know, whether there's this low sperm number. So, yes, oh. the fact that the semen does come out, it has to come out. But both up to come out, so it has to come out. That's fine. That's you well, know, not a reason to be afraid of, but we, some people do prefer to maybe lie in that position um, and they wait for a while before um, getting up. Um, yeah, some people prefer to do that and they just feel you know, peace of mind doing that.
0: All right, Donald in Rustenburg says, Good evening, Patricia and the A-Team. To be honest, sex is something I don't understand. You will hear a woman screaming because of the penis, but the same vagina a child's head can pass through. And he puts all these laughing emojis. Hey, when we are giving birth, we are also screaming, we're Donald.
1: (laughs) But I think this is something... Yeah, I was just just going to say that I haven't heard of anyone laughing when they were giving birth.
0: (laughs) Well, some of us, hey, funny enough, uh, we're dogs. I don't scream when I give birth. I just breathe. I don't scream. And I, I remember with every, every doctor that's helping me, ask me, w- what happens to you? Like even during uh, contractions, I don't scream. And I say,
5: something.
0: yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, go ahead. No, I was saying, and, and then my response is always, I know why I'm here. And I'm, I'm focusing on the joy that I'm about to hold in my hands. I'm not focusing on the pain. And also, I don't like it attention. I must be honest, I really don't yes. like attention. So I don't scream, I breathe. And or maybe it becomes a bit loud, but there's no screaming. So Donald, you got one lady who doesn't scream. Go ahead, Doc. You wanted to say
4: something.
1: Neither did I. Go, you know, girl. So I've only had one breath. But I think also this is where the breathing exercises And if you have a good midwife or a good mm. doctor, they come in handy at this time to just keep you grounded. And also a good partner. So that helps a lot. Um, Yeah, but I think people just respond to pain differently, and depending on how quickly the pain is coming on, also it depends if you've taken medication for the pain, um, you know, pain blocker, so whether you're asking how much of pain you're feeling, yeah.
0: Mm. Okay, so let's go back to uh, messages. This ATMA is talking about their first time, saying, What the doctor mentioned about being ready is so true. Having someone you love is not enough to act. It entails the emotional and physical readiness. For me personally, reflecting back at the first time, it was all confusion and not knowing what to do and expect. All I felt was pain and no pleasure. And I did it in my early adult years. I only enjoyed when I did with a woman. Women's bodies are warm and gentle and enjoyed every moment of it. I've got an open sexual orientation. I hit it both ways. Liberated you know, this lady. Yeah,
1: go ahead, Doc. The wonderful thing about this is that this particular listener or corner, um, has been able to turn that bad experience or the negative experience around into a positive one. And, and that's the message we want to send out to people of that. You know, because sometimes it takes years for people to undo the harm that was caused in the early years. And it's wonderful that they, they've been able to turn that around and find pleasure.
0: Yeah. And another message, I just want to know from the doc, when the virginity of a man is broken, does he also experience a pain from his penis? Because as I can remember, when I first had sex, that thing didn't happen. Do
1: men feel pain? Not that I know of. I have not heard of men feeling pain. I know men can feel anxious. Sometimes not have an erection, or sometimes have, you know, a semi-erection. Um, but no, I've not
0: heard of men feeling pain. The one thing I've heard is that uh, a man, a man who's breaking the virginity of a woman, uh, sometimes feels uh, the the pain uh, from the hymen if it's still completely intact, um, and and that just pushing through becomes a bit of a, a challenge. But I'm not a man, so I've just heard this being said, and uh, I'll leave it at that. Can we take a quick break? When we come back, we'll come back to some of your voice
4: notes. <laughs> Here, there,
0: and everywhere. SAFM 104.3 FM in Rustenburg. Late Night Conversations, Monday to Thursday, 10pm till midnight. Closet Conversations. Hey, we're talking about the things that you wanted to know or you wished you knew before you had uh, your first sexual encounter. And uh, the things that you are learning now, Would you are you doing things differently? Because you've learned some new tricks, some new styles. That's what we're talking about uh, with Dr. Miriam Khan, who's a registered natural medicine doctor. Call in on 011 7142 or WhatsApp 0614 104107. SMSs go to 41391.
5: Some uh, voice notes. My first love initially asked me to show her that I loved her then. By making love, I didn't know what love making, but when the time came to make love to her, she it took her about two hours to open her thighs. But once I penetrated, she screamed once. Thereafter, she said to me, "Baby, ride on." Then she started telling me how much she loved me. Then, to have it for the first time is so great great I enjoyed it like this now, tomorrow good to evening, lovely people
2: hi Patricia I hope you good I am speaking to Mpo from Soweto actually I broke my virginity the time I was in I'd say I was in college by then and I was a virgin and the girl I used to date she already broke her virginity a long time ago so after the deed was done Actually, the bed, uh, our bed was a mess, was a mess. So I asked myself, why was why was the bed a mess like this? Other than this girl told me that, no, it was squirting. So I never knew what was squirting back then because it was my first time having sex. So I wish I knew what was squirting before. Now at least I know what is squirting. But then before, I was so... I was so embarrassed. I thought maybe I made a mistake or I made a prank because the bed was a mess and stuff like that. Eich. You know, some things you don't know before you try them.
5: <laughs> well,
0: the squirting thing is sure one that I thought someone uh, must have been scared of. Uh, Dr. Khan, you hear from our A-teamers, some were told, I ride right on baby and others were shocked at the mess that was uh, after the, the, the deed was done.
1: And people will handle it differently, you know, they'll come out from their experiences based on how they looked at it, they'll take that and they'll do different things with it, people going through the same experience. Um, You know, it's wonderful that people have positive experiences the first time, and it's perfectly normal that people don't have positive experiences, and all that matters is how you take that forward to make it something positive. Mm. Um, You know, and hopefully the negative is not to do with being coerced, duress, rape. So those should not be the negatives. But, you know, it's awkward in the beginning, especially if it's the first time for both people or it's the first few times. It's quite awkward. That's very normal. That doesn't mean that it can't be pleasant, but you're not expected to be, you know, a champ in the first few times or Yeah, during those early years, it does take some time, it takes getting used to, it takes getting comfortable with the other person and with yourself, it takes getting used to and being comfortable being naked in front of someone else, so it depends on body confidence, um, -confidence, self-confidence, self-image, all of those, you know, so body positivity, that plays a huge role. So... You can love someone, you can care for someone, but if you're not, if you don't have body positivity, and a lot of women don't, it won't—you won't necessarily be hundred percent ready,
5: mm.
1: and that can go on even into an established relationship. It can be a marriage, even, and you still have body positivity issues. So, I think what we want from here, here is, you know, people to be self-aware to be able to understand where their hurdles are, what their hurdles are, and why they are, those are hurdles for them, and how they can work around it. So that's every sexual experience, which may not be, you know, fantastic, but it doesn't have to be unpleasant. But it should be pleasant.
0: So some messages. Uh, De Beer says, Hey Patricia, I'm 27 years old and I'm still a virgin. Yay for De Beers, who's uh, uh, saving it. Maybe you can tell us why you're still waiting and what, maybe you've got a question. What do you want to know about sex before you have it? Dr. Miriam Khan is on the line, okay? So make sure you send that uh, response very soon, De Beers. This one from Andres in Kwakwa. Andres says, Ah, how can a man be called a flat tire? Well, it's <laughs> the truth. Breaking um virginity of a woman is marvelous and triumph um so what's nice is a woman will never forget you same as men yes men feel pain after breaking virginity but we call it hero pain hence i'm still with my wife even today this one says giving birth is said to be the second most painful feeling ever to happen to a live human being. The first one being burnt alive. Women go through a lot. to you, Bogotos, <laughs> Dr. Khan, our A teamers are just uh, yeah doing the things yeah. Um, so there's uh, triumph pain, heroes pain, and then the fact that giving birth is one of the worst pains ever. But I think. Our takeaway here is that the things we did not know about sex, and we know them now that we've been sexually active. What should we do with that information? How can we help those who are about to engage in sex, like our 27 year old De Beers, who's still a virgin?
1: So I think, you know, coming to the age one, I wanted to, you know, have a moment to chat about that. I don't think there should be a number that, you know, that we have that says, okay, by this age, we should not be a virgin. I and mean, even this whole idea about what a virgin is right now is so content- uh, contentious in terms of, um, you know, breaking virginity of sexual debut, and we can leave that for a topic for another night. But I think what we want is for people to be, you know, depending on your cultural con- context. I know that within my particular religious context, we don't talk about sex or in terms of what you've done personally or not done. But if you reach out to a professional and if you're able to share, and if you are a professional, not necessarily a healthcare professional, you could be in a leadership position in your community, and if you're able to educate and empower people, so maybe you're speaking to a group of young girls or young men, young boys or young women, like one particular caller said, pre-marital sessions, these are topics that are very important topics that must be raised. And we, can, we need to empower people with the skills to be able to move on from a negative experience and to turn negative into a positive and to be hopeful that things will change, but that you make it, you're taking active steps for it to change toward the positive. So while it may not have been pleasant, uh, the first few times it will get better, but also not to live with pain, debilitating, transitive pain, or excruciating, tensitive pain. So some people think pain during intercourse is normal. That's not normal. So if there is pain and if it's consistent pain, then we want to make sure that we're seeking help for that pain.
0: That's a very important uh, note that we are closing off we are closing off on. Doctor Khan, how do we get in touch with you?
1: 79 And on social media, it's at Dr. B. Khan.
0: Excellent. Thank you so very much for joining us. And I'm glad that we've spoken about the things we should know about sex and how we should communicate about our sexual activities and first times with our partners. It's been a great pleasure. Thank you, Dr. Khan.
1: Thank you. You have a lovely evening. Take care, Patricia. You
0: too. A-teamers, it's midnight right now, and uh, yeah, Thursday edition is coming up at 10 p.m. Make sure you are listening, you are tuned in, because it's going to be a saucy late-night conversations uh, for the Thursday edition. Happy Thursday to you and yours, and we are out. May goodness and grace lead you to the great heights of success.